ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय थैंक यू गोविंद रीडिंग सो वोट इज There's so many different ways to do this but I think I'll going to read through this section starting back at 15 to 27 and uh I took some notes also and we'll just try to make sure that we get this straight. It's not that complicated actually when I go over it again but um it's an important it's just a, how all of a sudden Swayambhuvamanu is telling him to stop telling Dhruva to stop fighting and then he injects this whole philosophical treatise to convince him it's quite uh, amazing of course you know he wrote the manu samhita you know he's he's not a uh, he's he can write philosophy <laughs> but it's interesting how that sometimes happens right even sometimes here uh right uh you know people are very much in a devotional mood and they'll come up with like a philosophical statement right <clears throat> so let's go through this uh starting at 15 the creation of the material world begins with the five elements and thus everything including the body of a man and a woman or a woman is created of these elements by the sexual life of men and women the number of men and women in this material world is further increased and let me just get my notes also on this okay so um the purport probably writes that swayambhuvamanu saw that dhruv maharaj understood the philosophy of vaishnavism yet he was still dissatisfied because of his brother's death so now he's so he's giving him now some explanation um of that so that's the uh first step right the creation of the material world and who creates that thank you wow i have double water now i have maha water and govind water <laughs> i will be well hydrated by the end of this class <laughs> What's that? Who creates, who, create, who creates the material world? No. Yeah, well, yes and no. It, there's Sarga and then there's Visarga. Yeah. Mahavishnu. And Mahavishnu is a portion of a plenary portion of Krishna. Right? And then Brahma is a living entity. But he's empowered to... It, it's kind of like... Um, I give you the Legos and then you make the uh the train station or whatever you make with Legos right so Brahma you know uh but without the Legos you wouldn't have a, anything so Krishna created the Legos Bhumir Apo Nalo Vayu Kang Mano Budhirevacha earth water fire air ether mind intelligence and ego uh is his binna and this is an important word uh this is an important word um for this section bhinna prakritir separated energy or the way i i believe jiva goswami explains it in the sandarbhas the furthest distance away from krishna is the material energy although it still is krishna's energy and that's what we're going to be discussing now a little bit about that okay so uh that's the first statement then in text 16 he continues my dear king druva it is simply by the illusory material energy the material energy is illusory in what sense temporary. it's temporary right uh although it's it's its manifestation is temporary 
Although, you know, there's always a material world, right? But yes, it's not, it's not unreal. That's the point. Uh, but uh, the Supreme Person, and whose energy is it? That's another key thing for this whole discussion. It's God's energy, yes. And by the interaction of the three modes of material nature, that creation, maintenance, and annihilation takes place. So Krishna creates the energy. He creates the three modes of material nature. And we're going to find out in a few minutes that what, what gives the three modes life is, uh, well, it's Krishna in the form of the time factor. The time factor stirs it up. Okay? So that was text 16. And then uh, Manu continues in 17, and he says, My dear Dhruva, the Supreme Personality of Godhead is uncontaminated by the material modes of nature. That's an important, these are all really important philosophical points. We fall into Maya, Krishna does not. Right? The, 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 there's some really bogus, impersonal commentators when they, in the Ramayan, I think I may have brought this up some time ago, right? That uh, when they see that Lord Ram is lamenting for um, having, you know, that Sita was kidnapped, and the commentator says that just see that uh, the three modes of material nature are so powerful, they even affect God. That's not our fault. That's not correct. He even says here. He says he's uncontaminated by the modes. There's Krishna and there's his energy. Okay? And he's uncontaminated by it. And you could say he can be controlled by his superior energy in one sense. What's that sense? Love. Love. Yeah. Love is the only, you know, the Ladini Shakti or Srimati Radharani. However, you know, we could name a different way, but that's, he is controlled by his internal energy in that sense. And that's why Mother Yashoda can chastise. You know, we, 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 everyone in this room, we all know these pastimes, and for us it's like, okay, no problem. If God wants to, he can be chastised by his mother. But you go out in the world and you say that to people, and they just like, right? God has a mother, so then, you know, they don't get that. And then God can be afraid of his mother. He creates universes. He crushes everything by the time factor. Right? So, it, you know, we, we sometimes take for granted how much philosophy we know and we understand. And you have to really be conscious of that when you're, oh, is that me? When you're, um, no, mine's on mute. Um, when you're explaining things to a person who's not familiar with the, with the, with the understanding. Okay, so he is the remote cause of the creation of the material cosmic manifestation. When he gives the impetus, many other causes and effects are produced, and thus the whole universe moves just as iron moves by the integrated force of a magnet. So uh, we talked about this last week, that there's different, there's different causes and effects. Uh, cause and effect, cause and effect. If you go back, you go back, you go back. The original cause is, is Krishna. Mm. And so he's the remote cause. Because he, he, he creates this world and, then, and he, he sets it up and then he says, Jello. <laughs> he says, okay, do as you wish to do. He gives us our independence. Right? So um, 
So like, for example, Tuesday is election day. The results of that is going to be more a result of collective karma than it is that Krishna preferred so-and-so. Okay, that it's us who voted with our free will in a certain way, and maybe also <laughs> to our, you know, that person's the the politician's karma or the the uh, citizen's karma. You know, there's karma is a very intricate thing, but it's not that Krishna says, "Oh, well, I really like so and so for Congress," you know, and you know, from Vaikuntha it becomes these signs, so and so for Congress, <laughs> like that. Um, <clears throat> So he sets it in motion, but he's busy dancing with the gopis, getting you know getting chastised by his mother Yashoda, playing with the cowherd boys. He, you know he he's uh, he's a remote cause. So that's what's really interesting here. He's the ultimate cause, and when we usually think of that, we think that oh then it's so and so's fault, right? Or it's so and so's influence. But he he sets it in motion, but he's detached. Um, yeah, what's that verse? I'm thinking of the verse in the Gita. Samoham sarvabhuteshu name dveshyosti na priyaha. So in the first half of that sentence is Krishna's relationship with the world. Samoham, I'm equal, samaha. It's to sarvabhuteshu, to all living entities. For me, name dvesho, no dvesh, and it's not that I hate or like on, on this level. But then, it's interesting, ye bhajanti tumam bhakti, but someone approaches me with love, love conquers that neutrality. Right? And you can't, just like, you know, what was that when the gopis went up to Narayan? Was it? It was uh, in Vrindavan, Right? And you know where is Krishna? And 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 Narayan couldn't maintain his. The Krishna took the form of Narayan, but he couldn't maintain it because of the love of the gopis. Yeah. Okay. So so far so good. Or any questions so far? So. Um, so everything's. Oh, okay. So uh, my dear Druva. Oh yes. There are many causes and effects. Okay, next verse. The Supreme Personality of Godhead has his inconceivable, very important word, spirit, supreme energy, time, which causes, this is, by the way, when I was studying this, this is how I came up with the topic for the Sunday Open House is about time, because I was inspired by this passage. Um, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, by his inconceivable supreme energy, time, causes the interaction of the three modes of material nature. And thus, varieties of energy become manifest. It appears that he is acting, but he is not the actor. He is killing, but he is not the killer. This is understood, um, thus it is understood, that only by his inconceivable power is everything happening. Mm. So, here Prabhupada gives the example, right? Now it's a nice example because in a lot of religions we have this, they call it the problem of evil, right? If God is all loving and all kind, why is there so much suffering in the world? Okay, so that it's being addressed here. Uh, and the example Prabhupada gives in the purport 
Uh, well, he talks about, you know, <laughs> this may not be true right now in many places, parts of the world, but ideally the government um, or the king um, is a benevolent person trying to help others. Believe it or not, that's what government is supposed to do. <laughs> it's supposed to be help, helping. Um, yet, or uh, and, the government uh, opens up prisons. Right? Because there will be people who have everyone, all the, well, at least in America, to some extent, we all have our free will, and some of us choose to misuse it. And if we misuse it in the wrong way by um, impeding on someone else's free will, <laughs> we end up in, in jail. So um, can, if, the, if we end up in jail, is it really smart to blame the government for creating the jail? Right? No, it's all the government's fault. It's the president's fault. It's the king's fault if we lived in a monarchy. Right? Is it, right? Is it that, they, that they created a prison? Right? So, in one sense, I mean, it's much, we could get into a much more deeper discussion about the problem of evil and things like that, but we actually have our, uh, Krishna gives us our free will, our independence. And uh, knowing that there'll be some people who misuse it, uh, Krishna creates the material world, which is like uh, a prison um, for, the, for the ever joyful uh, in, in our original state, spirit, soul. So he says here, we can better understand uh, the mercy. The government state is always supposed to be merciful, but sometimes in order to keep law and order, the government employs its police force, and thus punishment is meted out to rebellious citizens. Similarly, the supreme personality of God it is always merciful and full of transcendental qualities. But certain individual souls have forgotten their relationship with Krishna and have endeavored to lord it over material nature. As a result of their endeavor, they are involved in varieties of material interactions. Okay? So that's the uh, nice example of the uh, prison to give us some idea of... Uh, so it's, it's really, so that understanding should lead us away from bl blaming God for our mishaps, but rather understanding that you know, we have our karma from so many different lifetimes, et cetera, et cetera. And because we made choices in the past, we are reaping the benefits now. It's interesting, in another place in one of the purports, uh, it's, it's very, could you imagine having this mindset? It's a very interesting mindset. I think it's a few verses from now where it says that when, some, when things are going well materially, you, you know, you think, oh gosh, I'm using up my pious deeds. And when things are going not so well, not well, you think, oh, this is really good. I'm, I'm, I'm burning up my, my bad karma. Right? Who we usually don't, we don't think like that. We think the opposite, right? In other words, the person starts to get a little in anxiety, right? Uh, if things are going really well, oh no, I'm burning up all my good stuff. You know, of course, for a devotee, uh, they don't. You know, um, it's they. There's a statement in the Chaitanya Charitamrita that's really just these are just mental concoctions, good and bad. Right? And devotee tries to transcend both good and bad. And when things are not so good, they take shelter of Krishna. And when things are really good, they take shelter of Krishna. Any thoughts so far? You're all eager to get to the end of this 
philosophy. Um, so what was that? Did we do 19 yet? Yeah. My dear Druva, the supreme personality of God it is ever-existing. But in the form of time, he is the killer of everything. He has no beginning, although he is the beginning of everything. Nor is he ever uh, exhaustible, although everything exhausted is exhausted in due course of time. The living entities are created through the agency of the Father and killed through the agency of death. But he, Krishna, is perpetually free from birth and death. We can't... Uh, could we set this up really quickly? A PowerPoint? Okay. Yeah, is it possible? I just wanted, to, for those of you who are going to be busy during the Sunday open house, I um, have some slides here that I might, so I'll keep talking until Prabhuji sets it up. I don't know if it's better to use the Apple, to use the HDMI or use the Apple, just do the HDMI directly. Ready. Uh, no. It might in a second, though, because my computer just went, my computer just went dark. Yep, I think that's, yes. Okay. Now, so people who are listening on the, on the recording won't see this, unfortunately, but, um, whoops, and I can't see. Uh, what do I have to do? So should I turn off the internet? No. Oh, we have so. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Just take. It's just taking its time. Here we go. All right. So I'll just show you some of the slides about this point about time being so powerful, right? Because that's what we just heard. It destroys everything. Come on, come on, come on! Please cooperate. Oh, Apple, Dave. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. So that's that's the end of the uh my computer sometimes is slow. Sorry, now you're seeing the whole thing in backwards form. Okay. So the time factor, right? Uh this is a beautiful verse with every rising and setting of the sun another day is lost except for devotees who hear and chant. And then I try to give some examples of just, just to give some picture of the time factor, right? So look at this young man, right? Muhammad is such, he was so handsome, right? For those of us who are that age, you might remember, I mean, he was like, uh, and he's so sharp, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, and all that. And then towards the end of his life, you know, and then he had Parkinson's and, and all that. And uh, just to give you another idea of the time factor, this is in the 1950s, Sears, Roebuck. They were the absolute number one store in the country. Everyone shopped at Sears. And now today, Katam <laughs> Hogya. Right? And look at this handsome fellow. That's me. <laughs> About 58 years ago, 59 years ago, right? But the time factor crushes everything. Right? This is a busy mall. And today, this is a model of what the Colosseum looked like in, in Italy um, originally. And now, 
And then things, time, the time factor works in other ways. It, it can develop things also, right? Just like, you know, I developed from that young child. So this is what I used to use when I was in high school. And that was if I was lucky. This is electric. Mostly we typed without electric. You, had, you know, the pressure that you put on it depending on how, yeah. So, you know, that's a little different than this. Right? Yeah. And again, when I was a child, uh, this was how we communicated. Right? Yeah, right? Yes, and now. Right? And it's also that the time factor is... Uh, so I'm just kind of giving you a little uh, heads up about the class today. The time factor um, is also relative. Right? If you're doing something that you're really absorbed in, right? Time really can fly. Right? And this was taken a class that I gave once. <laughs> um, no, not really. But, uh, but you know, if, 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 uh, if something's really boring, you, can, you know, you're just like, oh, my God. There's still another hour of this class. <sighs> Torture. Right? So, um, so the time factor is a... Uh, and then I'm going to go into uh, how it's both linear and cyclical. It's linear in this life. Right? But it's kind of cyclical like a carousel. And you see the carousel goes up and down. So we have up and downs in our life. Right? And I know people are going to get a little dizzy if I keep that on too long. So then I thought I'd you know, do a stationary. But we have our ups and downs. And we go around. Because we go through uh, towards the end of our life on the left. And then the infinity circle. And we end up in a new body in our next life. And then again... Going round and round. And, there's the, and then we see this in nature also, right? That there's, there's spring, there's uh, summer, there's winter and fall. And then in this, uh, also in this section, um, Prabhupada talks about the, um, the time factor, how it affects devotees, right? And for a devotee, it, the, the example is given like this. Right, that the uh, the mother takes such loving care of the kitten, right? But for the non-devotee, and sorry if this little graphic, um, that's what that's the general uh, tendency of the time factor, right? So we're in this prison of the uh, of the material world, um, and the the interesting thing about it is it's such a good prison that we don't even see the bars. Don't even see the bars, but um, and then I'm going to talk about how by Krishna consciousness we can become free. And uh, you don't have to go now. You don't have to go to the class this afternoon. That's the advantage, you know, two for one. Uh, then I'm going to talk a little bit about Kartik and uh, read some things about the glories of Kartik. You know, about offering a lamp like we did in your house the other day. I read some of these, right? And uh, if we do that. Uh, we make great advancement and ultimately can reach Krishna. Well, it's the whole slideshow. <laughs> there you go. Um, so now it's going to take a minute for my computer to reestablish itself. Okay, so, so there it says, My dear Dhruva, the Supreme Personality of God it is ever existing, but in the form of time, he is a killer. Time just crushes everything. Right? It's... Uh, it, 
it takes, we, you know, we, we certainly want stability, right? Isn't that something that we want? Certainly, we ultimately want to be stable in the spiritual world, right? We want things to remain, especially things that are when they're going well, right? But the time factor doesn't allow for stability, right? Like Maha may, want, may like to be in ninth grade and stay in high school, but four years from now, she's going to be in college, uh, she's the younger, you know, because you, you, it's really strange the way it works in America, right? You know, well, m many places, right? But anyway, you're in ninth grade. You're the youngest person in the class. So finally, you work your way up. You're in twelfth grade. You're you know on the you're on the top of the pile. And then the next year, pff, you're a freshman. Puna <laughs> musika baba. You be, again become a mouse. You know, you, then you're the youngest person again. <laughs> kind of works in that in cycles also, right? And the time factor just pushes us. We can't stop it. We can't stop it. I guess if we, we could fail all of our classes, don't do that. Uh, and therefore, you know, um, um, you know, have to stay in school a little longer, right? Or skip a grade if we're really brilliant or something like that. But still, the time factor gets us. Right? I, you know, can't be that young kid that was in that picture forever. Right? And, and there, there comes a time we get a job, we're so excited, we, we retire. Right, I was asking one of the uh, gentlemen who comes here very often. He is a doctor and he's retired. And I was just asking, "What do you do with your day?" And he said, "Oh, it's great." He said, "I get up at five. I, I, I do my puja, I chant, and uh, and he said I spend about three or four hours a day watching YouTube videos of of lectures." And I was like, "Yeah, okay. <laughs> wow." Maybe I have something to look forward to when I retire. You know, just become a sadhu. <laughs> so this, so this time factor is is relentless because it's it's empowered by Krishna. It is Krishna. Uh, what is that uh, verse? Oh, I have it here. What's that? Yes, Kaloshmi Lokashaya Krit. Um, Krishna says, time I am, the great destroyer of the worlds. Yeah, because time just uh, crushes everything. What's that? Yeah, it's on the Gita, yes. Um, which, is that 11? Chapter 11, it must be chapter 11. Chapter 11. Yeah, so, uh, right? You know that shiny new car that we had? Now, 15 years later, it's like... <laughs> Right, isn't it? I remember watching my uh, uh, my mother bought a 1970 Impala, and then when I became a devotee, she gave it to me, and so I used it when I was a teenager driving around three four hundred cubic inch V8, and you know, powerful thing. Um, and then you know, I really took good care of it, and even as a devotee. And then one day, I took it to the place where they just <laughs> crush it. <laughs> so you know. Time just uh, does that, right? He, Prabhupada even says very, very strong words, right? He says, the would-be children of your children will also die in course of time. They're not even born yet, but the would-be children of your children. Or as Srila Prabhupada said when he was very ill and, uh, and lying in bed, and he turned to his disciples, which were almost all in their 20s, and he said... Don't think that this will not happen to you. Yeah, so 
Time is really uh, a very, very powerful element. Very powerful. Actually, it's, I guess you could say it's probably the most powerful thing in this world. Because it's unstoppable. You know, even with all the push-ups and, you know, uh, going to the gym every day and vitamin E and everything. That which is good. There's not, we're not criticizing that. But um, ultimately, time taps you on the shoulder and says, no, no more push-ups. Now it's time to lie down. Well, for a devotee, time acts in a different way. We're going to get to that. Yeah, that's right. For a devotee, time acts in a different way. So should we go on? So, so text 20, the Supreme Personality of Godhead and his feature of eternal time is present in the material world. So he's here. That's the other thing. For a pure devotee, right, um, they, they see, of course, that they're attracted to the spiritual energy, but they also see that this material energy is coming from Krishna. And so they also see Krishna in the material energy. That's a very advanced meditation. They don't see anything separate from Krishna. They don't see themselves separate. Um, the Supreme Prayer, in his feature of eternal time, is present in the material world and is neutral to everyone. We've quoted that Bhagavad Gita verse, Samoham Sarvabhuteshu. Uh, no one is his ally and no one is his enemy. Within the jurisdiction of the time element, everyone enjoys or suffers the results of his own karma or fruit of activities. As when the wind blows, small particles of dust fly in the air. So according to one's particular karma, one suffers or enjoys material life. So also the time factor treats everyone equally. right? The time factor didn't say, oh, you're Steve Jobs. You're a multi-billionaire. Okay, you, can, you, know, you just uh, use your money to take care of, what was it, liver disease that he had? Cancer of the liver? Yeah. Something, something like that. Yeah, some kind of cancer. Right? Time factor is uh, equal employment opportunity employer. Right? Doesn't, doesn't make any uh, distinctions. You're from India, you're from America, you're a woman, you're a man, you're intelligent, you're not so intelligent, you're gorgeous, you're not so gorgeous. It doesn't, it's... Every it, yeah, I always like the idea, uh, the uh, the vision of like um, soldiers or even like toy soldiers, right? Just that are marching like very, very, very seemingly slowly, but nothing can stop them from invading the the castle. Castle being like this body, right? So you know, it doesn't seem that we're getting older from day to day. Right, so it's imperceivable, but they don't stop. No moat can stop them. <laughs> Nothing can stop. They just keep inching along. So, text twenty-one: the supreme personality of God at Vishnu is all powerful, and He awards the results of one's fruit of activities. Thus, although one living entity's duration of life is very small, whereas that of another is very great. He is always in this transcendental position, and there is no question of lessening or increasing his duration of life. So that's the other thing about the time. You know, we, we talked about it being relative, like a boring class or something really interesting. So it's also relative, um, you know, in one sense you could say, in one sense, we all live for 100 years. 
the the fly experience. What is that? The what kind of fly that lives for like one night? Mayfly. Yeah, mayfly. Yeah, mayfly. Yes, right. So that to them it seems like a hundred years. Lord Brahma, uh, three hundred eleven trillion six hundred forty billion. Right, approximately give or take a billion here, here, or there. <laughs> What's a billion years? You know, amongst friends, um, he experiences it as we experience our life. You know, it's 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 it's, uh, it's relative. Right? And then it's really shocking and really wonderful when Srila Prabhupada, the next sentence says, that 311 trillion, uh, 640 billion years is like a lightning flash in eternity. I remember when I first read that, I would, you know, it was the 70s, so I could say my mind was blowing. I was just like, wow. That was, you know, far out. <laughs> To say that, you know, it's like, really? Wow. And we're eternal. We're eternal. We're eternal. This is such a short life. If 311 trillion years, you know. So it's good to, you know, keep that in perspective. Of course, we do our duties in this life very carefully and all that. But, you know, next time you get a flat tire, you can think, well, okay, 311 trillion, 640 billion years is lightning flash in eternity. You know, this, uh, I'm a little upset that I missed, um, you know, my appointment because I got a flat tire. If we put that in perspective, it's, it's not that, it's not that uh, all-encompassingly terrible. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like that book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And then the subtitle was, And It's All Small Stuff. Famous, uh, famous series of books. Unfortunately, that gentleman died at the age of 48 from a heart attack. But anyway. Um, so, um, Krishna is all-powerful. And he awards us our karma according to our activities. Okay, so then 22. The differentiation amongst various varieties of life. So there's different kinds of species. And their suffering and enjoyment is explained by some to be the result of karma. Others say it is due to nature, others due to time, others due to fate, and still others that it is due to desire. So here Srila Prabhupada will... Uh, yes, it's our karma, but our, our activities... It's, this is so, such an important point that's brought out in the, in the purport, that our activities... Here, I'll just read it. The second paragraph. This comma or desire cannot be annihilated. There are some philosophers who say that if one gives up his desires, he again becomes liberated. But it is not at all possible to give up desire, for desire is a symptom of the living entity. If there were no desire, then the living entity would be a dead stone. Srila Narottama Das Thakur therefore advises that one turn his desire towards serving the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Then desire becomes purified. And when, one desires, when one's desires are purified, one becomes liberated from all material contamination. So this is, uh, this is, in one sense, the whole secret, that we just have to really want to please Krishna. That's what I really want to do. And it's, not, it's easier said than done. First of all, we've had so many lifetimes when we've all been looking out for number one, meaning ourselves. 
right? And then it gets, and then as you make advancement, it gets the 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 desires for other things other than Krishna's pleasure become more subtle, right? Um, like profit, adoration, distinction, right? We want to be we want to be seen as distinct from others and above them, right? We want to be admired. No, it was me who gave that class, right? Or, or whatever. Um, so our activities follow from our desires, right? Isn't it? So we want to really think about this deeply. What do you really want out of the rest of this life? And how badly do you want it? Because if we really want it badly, it might mean that we would need to change some of our habits, change our lifestyle, make some adjustments in our life. Right? Like Srila Prabhupada says, at the age of 50, it's like Krishna tapping you on the shoulder, saying, you're not going to stay here forever. It's what speak if you're 60 <laughs> or whatever. So it, it does, you know, it, it, you know, those that those are two good questions. What do you, what do we really want, and what are we willing? How strongly do we want it? Do we want it strongly enough to make whatever adjustments need to be made in our practical day to day life to uh, go in that direction? We can't. I was going to say to achieve it, but achieving it is not really uh, dependent fully on us. It's, it's mainly dependent upon Krishna. So, so do we really what we want to do is we want to act in such a way that Krishna will give us his mercy and then we'll achieve the goal. Rather than saying, act in such a way to achieve your goal. We need to add the Krishna factor. And we were at uh, Jiva Tatraprabhu's program the other night. We were talking about those two fingers that the, uh, the rope was too short during the Dhammadar Lila, right? And it's our endeavor and it's Krishna's mercy, the two fingers, right? And of the two, the more powerful is certainly um, Krishna's mercy. And that comes up here in this purport as well, or another purport. So the real explanation is that we are eternal servants of God, and that as soon as we forget that this relationship, we are thrown into the material world where we create our different activities and suffer or enjoy the results. We are drawn into this material world by desire, but the same desire must be purified and employed in the devotional service of the Lord. So it's kind of like desires got us into this mess, desires will get us out of this mess. Where the example is you have a thorn in your leg and you take another thorn to get it out. So uh, you could also say activities got us into this mess and devotional activities, another thorn, because it's an activity, will get us out of this mess. Some thoughts, questions, comments? Yes? Oh, yes, yeah, sorry, I didn't read that last sentence. Then our disease of wandering in the universe under different forms and conditions will end. Microphone for Andy. Did we conclude here that um, it was due to desire? 
because that's a that's a, a revelation because it's not due to karma. You're suffering. Well, karma and desire are are, are very much interlinked. Uh, let me see. Yeah. I think I have a quote about that. So where is that? Uh, oh, does he? Okay. Where? 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 The beginning. The real conclusion is that. There you go. The real conclusion is that it's our work only that binds us. Yeah. And then he then he connects the, the comma. Right? The real conclusion is that our work only that binds us within this material world in different in varieties of life. How these varieties have sprung up is explained in the Vedas. It is due to the desire of the living entity. They're so they're, the living entity is not a dead stone. He has different varieties of desires or kama. The Vedas say kamo karsit. karsit. The living entities are originally... Is that okay? So there's a connection. Like I said, based on our desire, we, make, we do actions. The things, things in this world always tend to go from subtle to gross. Even the creation goes from subtle to gross. And because some, sometimes devotees will say, which, which is, you know, there's some statements like this, that you don't get karma for your thoughts, yeah. right, in Kali Yuga. The, and true, and the problem with that is you think about something enough, you act on it. So the, the, also there's an, um, thinking, feeling, and willing. So she starts with thinking, then you start getting a desire, feeling, and then, or willing. I don't know how, desire sounds like it's also feeling and willing. And then you act on it, and then you get the results. Yeah. I, to me, the desire is more crucial because yeah. your past karma puts you here, right? So you're stuck here for, for the present time until That's you can right. get out desire of it. Is the, but uh, desire you, is what moves If you, you change around, your desire, you you'll change your... Uh, <laughs> If you change your desire, you'll change your activities. And if your desires are spiritual, then your karma will be uh, annihilated. Karmani need the hati kintu chabakti bhajam. In the Brahma Samhita, Lord Brahma, sa- Lord Brahma says that uh, bhakti cuts at the root. And this is important, right? Because you ever, anyone ever um, done any weeding in your lawn? Right, so if you just take a lawnmower and you cut the weeds, very good idea, right? <laughs> you have to take the roots out. Yeah. So the root is desire. Yeah. Yeah. But I, everybody wants to talk about karma and bad karma, you know. But really, that's not the talk big about problem. Desire. desire is what's yeah. driving everything in your life. Right. Yeah. Right. It's just like everyone wants to talk about the mind, but what's push? What's the mind doing? The mind's protecting the false ego. And the false ego is who we think we are. And who we think you are creates our desires also, doesn't it? Yeah. Because you, make, you, make, you, uh, you create desires according to who you think you are and what will bring you happiness. So if you really had this identity, I am just Krishna's servant. And you really were convinced about that and that was your identity, then, you were act, then your desires are only going to be to serve Krishna and your activities are going to be just service to Krishna. So we're so it's a spectrum. We're somewhere in, along that spectrum. It's not just you know either or, but it's. So we're 
trying to get further along the spectrum where we're more identifying. More often we're identifying as Krishna's servant. But right now it's, it's, true, it's difficult because we're schizophrenic. We have a desire to serve Krishna and we have a desire to serve our, our, our false identity of ourselves. You know, there's always this competition. It can get really tiring, can it? Sometimes it's like, oh God, I blew it again. <laughs> All right? Okay. Text 23. The absolute truth transcendence is never subject to the understanding of imperfect sensory endeavor. Okay, so you don't, you don't learn about Krishna by, through your senses. Nor is he subject to direct experience. Now well, that has to be explained. Because we say, um, uh, right? That you get direct expect. Let's let's. It's explained. What that, well, by the way, what I was quoting is uh, chapter nine, verse two of the Bhagavad Gita, where it says that one gets direct perception of the self through realization. Through realization. So let's so let's get that. He's not subject. It's true. He's not subject to direct experience. He he can choose to reveal himself or not. It's not that Krishna, come on, I chanted so many rounds, I did all this. <laughs> Give me that prema. Or at least bhav, come on, at least bhava, you know. Okay, ashakti, well, I'll settle for ashakti. You know, it's, <laughs> it's up to Krishna. Um, he is the master of varieties of energies, like, uh, like the full material energy, and no one can understand his plans or actions. Therefore, it should be concluded that although he is original cause of all causes, no one can know him by mental speculation. So the point here, and it's mentioned in the purport, is not the ascending, uh, the cause in the purport, the cause of all causes, the absolute truth, can be known from the absolute truth himself and not by our ascending process to reach him. When the sun is not visible at night or when it is covered by a cloud in the day, it is not possible to uncover it, either by bodily or mental strength or by scientific instruments, although the sun is there in the sky. No one can say that he has discovered a torchlight so powerful that if one goes on a roof and focuses a torchlight on the night sky, the sun will then be seen. There is no such torchlight, nor is it possible. So uh, Krishna reveals himself. Dadami buddhi yogamtam. I give the understanding. Okay, we're almost done. Two more verses on this. My dear son, those yakshas who are descendants of Kuvera are not actually the killers of your brother. The birth and death of every living entity are caused by the Supreme, who is certainly the cause of all causes. So now this is interesting, right? So uh, Krishna as a time factor, everyone's going to die. Right? So they're not... They are obviously in one sense a cause. Some, some yaksha did in Uttam, right? Uh, but Krishna as a time factor, he, in other words, he didn't say, okay, now I'm going to get Uttam. No. For one who is birth, one who is born, death is certain, and one who dies, birth is certain. Right? So in that sense, Krishna kills everyone. So obviously he doesn't go around axing everyone. But just that the system is that when you take birth, you have to die. 
And finally, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, not finally, finally, but just the final part of this section. The Supreme Personality of Godhead creates this material world, maintains it, and annihilates it in due course of time. But because he is transcendental to such activities, he is never affected by ego in such actions or by the modes of material nature. So Krishna does not have a false ego. Krishna really is his body. So let me just see in my notes if there was anything else I wanted to say. I don't think I think we covered that pretty well though. Any questions or comments? Okay. So we can move on to the next section. Um, which is the next uh, seven verses where Swayambhuva Manu is going to instruct Ruva to surrender to Krishna and give up your anger. Right. Does anyone here ever get angry? Okay. Yes. Well, sadhus uh, only get angry when Krishna or Krishna's devotees are uh, insulted. Yeah. But that's a. Or here we see that Dhruva Maharaj, in one purport, Prabhupada is saying that he actually didn't get angry, just let anger carry it away, but he was acting as a king who had to protect the citizens. So that's one place. Okay, the Supreme Personality of Godhead is the super soul of all living entities. He is the control. Can you imagine he's just explaining this like just like a regular conversation, but it's so philosophical? He is the controller and maintainer of everyone. Through the agency of his external energy, he creates, maintains, and annihilates everyone. Now, of course, again, he annihilates the bodies. The bodies are annihilated, not the soul's eternal. Text 27. My dear boy, Dhruva, please surrender to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. How are we doing time-wise? Did I go way over time? Oh, my watch is on. Uh, I, my watch is. The new watch is automatically. Time got me. <laughs> Time was merciful, right? They gave me an extra hour. <laughs> it's funny. I looked at it. I said, "Oh my God, I'm supposed to do Japa session now." <laughs> okay. Daylight's. Uh, no standard. Now it's back on standard time. Right, yeah. Yes. Fall back, spring forward, right? So we, we got an hour. Yes, my computer tells me the right time, but my watch is an old-fashioned watch. Um, okay, my dear Druva, because of daylight savings time, now, uh, please surrender unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is the ultimate goal of, prog of the progress of the world. Everyone, including the demigods headed by Lord Brahma, is working under his control, just as a bull prompted by a rope in its nose is controlled by its owner. Right. So that's why that's one of the reasons why it doesn't make sense to worship demigods because they're also controlled by Krishna's time factor. They may live a long time, but you know, it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm asking this person for some benefit, but I see he gets his benefits from somebody else, why not go to the source? 
my dear Druva, and then he remembers, okay, that he was, he's reminding him about how five years old, because it's mentioned that Druva, just imagine, Druva was the pride of this family, and because he's Manu, practically the pride of all human society, what he did at five years old. At the age of five years, you were uh, very grievously afflicted by the words of your mother's co-wife, and you very boldly gave up the protection of your mother and went to the forest to engage in the yogic process for realization of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. As a result of this, bless you, you have already achieved the topmost position in all the three worlds. My dear Dhruva, please therefore turn your attention to the Supreme Person who is the infallible Brahman. Face the Supreme Personality of Godhead in your original position, and thus, by self-realization, you will find this material differentiation to be merely flickering, not, not, not of substance. Text 30. Thus, remaining, uh, thus regaining your natural position and rendering service unto the Supreme Lord, who is the all-powerful reservoir of all pleasure, and who lives in all living entities as a supersoul, you will very soon forget the illusory understanding of I and my. Prabhupada writes the second sentence, but even though liberated, he was for the time being afflicted by the illusion of Maya, thinking himself the brother of Uttam in the bodily concept of life. The whole material world is working on the basis of I and mine. This is the root of attraction in the, to the material world. If one is attracted by this root of illusory conceptions, I and mine, he will have to remain within this material world in different exalted or nasty positions. By the grace of Lord Krishna, the sages and Lord Manu reminded Dhruva Maharaj that he should not continue this material conception of I and mine. Simply by devotional service unto the Lord, his illusion could be eradicated without difficulty. So this is similar to uh, the fifth canto, chapter 5, verse 10. Pungsastri umitini bhava metam tayora ho hridaya granti mahur. Aho grihak shetra sutapta vitaya. Then this last line. Janasya mohoyam aham mameti. That one thinks in terms of aham. So they're looking out for themselves and things that they consider mine. My, my, my Apple computer, my iPhone, my car, my family, mm. or my community. I'm a Punjabi, or I'm a this, or I'm a that. And I, we look out for us Punjabis, we look out for each other. We don't have Chaman here to make a joke about Punjabis. Uh, but, um, right, you know, or whatever. I'm a this, I'm a that. Um, and that goes back to desire, which is based on identity. Right, just the discussion we had before, right? And so one ultimately is supposed to identify as a, a, a chutta gotra, right? You know, when they ask, uh, like when you go to some temples, um, they ask, you know, like in Puri to prove that you're a Hindu, because they, they don't allow Westerners and non Hindus, um, they ask, what is your gotra? What is your line? Lineage of Rishi, yes, yes. So we're, we, we're, we've, or just like uh, who was telling me? Um, oh, Gopeshri Mataji, I just saw her yesterday, and she was in Guru Vayur, and they don't allow non Hindus there, but she was able to um, 
sign a document that she has converted to Hinduism, and then they let her in the temple. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. So uh, anyway, she she got in uh, to see. Uh, she's she's. Well, whether they allow that, well, then Iskhan's in trouble if we consider ourselves Hindu. <laughs> um, the funny thing was the person who was writing the thing for her said, you know much more about Hinduism than I'll ever know. <laughs> she said to Kovashri. You know. um, so this identity is so important. So what do we, we want to try to shift our identity to Krishna Das, Krishna's servant, and also... Uh, Krishna's bhakti das, you know, the servant of Krishna's servants. So that's uh, the identity that we want to try to grab a hold of and then act on that identity. Desire to serve Krishna and then act on that desire. And it's not just externally, which is important. External is great. But it's also internally really um, uh, adopting that, that, that identity. Because here... Uh, in this verse, it's saying that um, you will soon forget the illusory understanding of I and mine. So instead of I am, fill in the blank, uh, a white male, 60 years old, that lives in Potomac, I am Krishna's servant. Prabhupada even once I says, don't don't say you're a don't say you're a devotee of Krishna. So that's a very exalted position. Say you're a servant of Krishna. He made that distinction. <laughs> Any thoughts on this? Even Bhakti Siddhan Saraswati Thakur, he will say Dasosmi. Dasos, yes. So he was like even to his to his, even even disciples. Yeah. Yes, he considered a servant of theirs. Yes. So because when you think about it, our our identities, uh, what is our eternal identities? What are our temporary identities? Right? It's not that temporary identities are useless. They should be looked in, in, in um, context, right? Because um, you're a, let's say, um, whatever, you remember you were born in a Jewish family. So you have that Jewish identity for this lifetime. Is that eternal? Well, they maybe, of course, they may argue it is, but anyway. Uh, or um, you're a, uh, when you were in high school, you were a really great football player, right? And now you're 40 years old. That identity, katam hogya, right? It's finished, right? Uh, so we want to, um, you know, of course, we don't just, we're not just, uh, we're living in this world. We're not totally aloof from it, right? We're not sadhus living in the forest and, uh, you know, dressing in tree bark, et cetera. I don't even know how you dress in tree bark, but it talks about that. Um, and, and we're not so like, oh, say, well, you know, in this lifetime I'm a male, but next lifetime I might be a female, so it doesn't really matter which bathroom I use in the airport. Oh, yeah? <laughs> it probably does because the police are going to grab you and put you in jail if you go to the wrong one. Right? So, there's, so we don't, uh, there's, uh, we talked about this before, there's constitutional swadharma, and conditional swadharma. So dharma means our 
our activities, our uh, identity, our nature, right? So constitutionally, we have, we're, we're the soul, we're not this body, and we're servants of God. Conditionally, we, you know, we're a male, we're a female, we're uh, a good cook, we're a terrible cook, this and that. Right? Like, you know, I can barely boil water without burning it. So I'm not a very good cook. <laughs> barely. I can make ramen noodles and <laughs> maybe rice. <laughs> but luckily, uh, everyone else in my family can cook really well. But that's a temporary designation. I could go to culinary school and learn how to cook. Right? Um, so it's important because the tendency, uh, and I think it's become increasingly over the years, the tendency is to get caught up more and more in the in the day-to-day world and forget our eternal identity, our spiritual life, our spiritual identity. Um, I've seen that just like, so <laughs> it's funny. I entered the workplace in like 1975, then I left it again in 77, I became a monk. <laughs> but, that, but anyway, but I saw, you know, I, working, I was working in a law firm and I saw the amount of the kind of work you know, the work hours that people worked in the 70s, it's very different today. It's much more intense, right? And, and now that you have these, you know, smartphones and things, your boss can capture, get you at any time. And we have this one guy at work, I work uh, in the federal government, a, a big boss, you know, appointed by the, uh, by, by the president, and um, uh, he contacts people at 2 in the morning, 1 in the morning, and expects a reply. And I was like, whoa. You know, so so, and what you know, we know that, uh, you know, when I was growing up, I just went out, across the street, and knocked on somebody's door and said, "You want to go out and play?" Now you have to have a play date, and uh, you know, you know, your six-year-old has a calendar of events. And so, I can't fit you in today, but uh, you know, three Saturdays from now we can work it out. So life is complicated. Life is complicated, and and, and and technology that was created to give us more free time and lighten things, it, it's uh, it's had a uh, sometimes an opposite effect, right? Of uh, you know that uh, it's interesting like that, right? It's a double-edged sword, technology. So we have to strive extra hard, uh, as as Mahatma Gandhi said, right? Simple living and high thinking. Right, not uh, what are they? Somebody once uh, criticized uh, professors, said, "High living, simply thinking," <laughs> instead of high. But but that idea of of uh, within the midst of all of uh, all of the wants and the advertisements and the consumerism, especially in America, um, and certainly happening in India now, as well, um, to at least make a conscious effort. To what extent do I want to get entangled in this? Again, not saying throw out your smartphone, close your computer. I mean, I have a computer. Um, but use, what is it? Technology is a, a good servant and a terrible master. Right? And so, you know, use things, but uh, not, get, not get sucked into things. Right? I, I, I was giving a class the other day, and... Uh, um, one per, it was really interesting. Three people in the class, it was a big class, and uh, three people had just decided to go off Facebook. And one of them was a person who um, works in social media as a job. 
and was like, I think she said she was like the 20th person to join Facebook, right at the very beginning of Facebook, and, and for years was promoting and promoting, and now she thinks she's ruined so many people's lives. <laughs> And now she, she quit her job, uh, and, she's, and she's doing something else, but she just realized that, I, I, God, I just messed up so many people's lives. Again, Facebook, like anything else, can be used, you know, anything material can be used in Christian service. Again, it can be a good servant to terrible master. Any questions or comments on that? Jiva? Hare Krishna. So, no offense to all the people that work in IT and all that stuff. <laughs> So these verses by Manu, you know, who's the administrator of the universe and he's uh, trying to give instructions to Dhruv Maharaj, is very instructive that material energy can be so powerful that someone who has been at the top level of the three worlds having attained the Lord's mercy can even be trapped by Maya temporarily. But yes, it is yes, possible. Yes, and even a great soul like Dhruva can seemingly make mistakes. Yes, and Srila uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Sosri Thakur used to say a similar thing about, he used to say, I'm, my disciples don't understand the power, like I'm paraphrasing what he used to say, uh, how strong this material energy is, mm. and if they can rise above the mode of ignorance. Yeah. Know, he's, I'm he's waiting for the day that my disciples rise to the mode of passion. Yeah, mode of passion? Okay. <laughs> Rise to the mode of passion. Yeah, right. I think it's being a little... Um... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's progress. I think it was being a little uh, facetious, you know, a little you know, tongue-in-cheek. So just wanted to finish that Manu yeah. is the, you know, like, is referred to as father of mankind. We are called Manav because of Manu. Yeah. And... Uh, he is giving his instructions, but even he is so humble. He is f- finishing the statement with, please follow my instructions. I wish all God f- good fortune for you. Yes. So, yeah. Even he is so humble. It's amazing. But even then, you also say that, acknowledging that Dhruva has choice. Yes. He has what they call agency, or he has free will. Yeah. So should we finish this chapter? My Gosh, we, I feel like we have all the time in the world now, because uh, I thought... <laughs> my dear king... Just consider what I have said to you, which will act as medicinal treatment upon disease. Control your anger, for anger is the foremost enemy on the path of spiritual realization. I wish all good fortune unto you, for you. Please follow my instructions. And anger, one of the reasons is because anger is uh, the mode of pa- ignorance. Kama Asha, Krota Asha. When your kama, your material desires are not satisfied in one way or another, you get angry. I was thinking about that. Um, anger is often a secondary emotion, right? Just like first, comma, asia, crotasia. Or I was thinking, you know, usually if someone like cuts you off in traffic or something, right? You think you're really, you, you can get really angry at that person, right? You either want to honk the horn or drive alongside them and say, blah, 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 right? Um, but usually the first emotion is fear. Because they cut you off, you're afraid you're going to hit them. And then quickly after fear comes the anger. Right? Like that. Reaction, isn't it? Yeah. It's a reaction. Fear and anger is a reaction. Yes. Yeah. Your teenager comes home at 2 in the morning. <laughs> right? And you're very angry at him or her. But your first reaction is relief that they're okay. 
But once you realize they're okay, then <laughs> you'll let them have it. Right. <laughs> a person who desires liberation from this material world should not fall under the control of anger. When bewildered by, because when bewildered by anger, one becomes a source of dread for all others. And anger is really powerful, right? When you're really angry at someone, right? You're focused on that, isn't it? That's why, you know, Kangsa was really a good devotee in the sense that he was really thinking of Krishna. Right? It just wasn't anukul, it wasn't favorable. But, he was, but sometimes the, the unfavorable is more absorbing than the favorable. Right? When you're really, sometimes you think of a, someone you hate more, than, more intensely than someone you love. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> My dear Druva, you thought that the Yakshas uh, killed your brother and therefore you have killed great numbers of them. But by this action, you have agitated the mind of Lord Shiva's brother, Kuvera, who is the treasurer of the demigods. Please note that your actions have been very disrespectful to Kuvera and Lord Shiva. For this reason, my son, you should immediately pacify Kuvera with gentle words and prayers, and thus his wrath may not affect our family. And what a wonderful purport. In, in our common dealings, we should maintain friendship with everyone, and certainly with such exalted demigods as Kuvera. Our behavior should be such that no one should become angry and thereby commit a wrong to individuals, family, or society. So just like in the, the beautiful prayer by Shinivas Acharya, the, of the six Goswamis, Dira Adira Janapriya, that the, uh, the six Goswamis were Priya, they were dear uh, to the people, Jana, uh, the Dira, the real Paka Sadhu type people, and the not so Paka people, Adira, the sober and the not-so-sober people, they were respected by all. Right? Just like in 26-second Avenue that Prabhupada was giving class and that drunk person came in and, uh, you know, said pranams and, and donated some toilet paper. <laughs> right? And uh, Prabhupada said he's starting his devotional service because even the Adira person was respectful of him. Then he said, uh, <laughs> one time mosquitoes were trying to bite him, and he said, they, are, they don't make distinctions, sadhu or not sadhu. But it's the idea to try to act in such a way uh, to maintain friendship with everyone, as a general rule. Right? Like, as a general rule. People should not be able to find fault with a devotee. That should be our, we should be so well behaved. And finally, thus Swayambhuvamanu, after giving instructions to Dhruva Maharaj, his grandson, received respectful obeisances from him. Then Lord Manu and the great sages went back to their respectful home, respective homes. So we can start the next chapter. I guess, unless there's any comments or questions. Nah. Okay. Uh, well, Prabhupada, where does he say this? Uh, well, 
one thing he says that um, when we when a devotee dies, it's like um, which comes third? Uh, lightning followed by thunder, right? Lightning comes first. Yeah. yeah, right. So he or she leaves this world and enters the spiritual world, like that. And then we're going to read in this next chapter that Dhruva Maharaj, you know, time and death are very similar, right? He, he was getting on his airplane and he stepped on the head. Death personified had come to him and he just stepped on the head of death and entered. Um, so yes, so it's a good question because obviously even the greatest devotees, even like our Srila Prabhupada, you know, his body got older and he finally, you know, left this world, right? His, right? And his Guru Maharaj and all the gurus and, you know, Although some live for a very long time, like Bivol and Mangal Thakur, but that's another, that's another story for another time. Um, but the example here of the kitten and the cat is, is a nice example, right? That it's the same mouth of the cat, but one is uh, lovingly embracing the kitten and one is... right. Um, or another example that we've told before, I think, is uh, of uh, that sh- from Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, that of um, a silk cloth. And apparently you take some kind of silk cloth, I've never tried this because it's too expensive to try this, and you put it close to a flame and you take it away from the flame. Okay? And uh, if you, apparently if you do that, the, the um, cloth gets brittle. And if you touch it, it kind of crumbles. Whereas, so... Uh, if you don't put it too close to the flame that it actually blackens, so it remains the same color, the two look alike, the, the, the one that was not next to the flame and the one that was next to the flame. But you touch it a little, and this one crumbles, and this one, of course, doesn't. It's still silk cloth. So he gives that example about uh, someone who's taken to the devotional path and someone who hasn't, that their karma looks the same. But actually, as we quoted before, karmani nidahati kinchu te bhakti bhajam, Krishna takes, it takes it away. So it, it's not necessarily happening on an external level. Right? It doesn't mean you're not going to get gray hairs because you're a devotee. But, you, but you, uh, you know, we often talk about this, right? That it's not what happens to us, it's how we react to what happens to us. So a devotee can even in some ways embrace old age, right? Even though it's um, um, it's still there's some suffering there, but um, because they, they 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 oh well here's the time for me to retire and chant Hare Krishna and you know exclusively use my time in Krishna service or or whatever. So it's um, it doesn't have the same effect, and part of that is because of our consciousness. So, Prabhu, that verse which you showed us in the beginning, which is from chapter 1 or 2, with each rising and setting of sun. sun. Another so, day is lost, yeah. except for one who uses their time to very nicely hear and So, here, uh, in that verse, um, uh, the, the understanding should not be at the level of body. Right. right? We, uh, we are talking about spiritual Correct. life. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's not at the level of body. Although if a devotee is, a, is smart, um, at least they can do a lot of activities that can be healthy, right? Like, for example, our eating habits. Well, first of all, we, you know, we don't eat meat 
fish and eggs, so that helps our health, right? Uh, and then we could also consider that maybe, you know, as we grow older, the, the uh, ratio of samosas to, uh, you know, uh, kitri uh, <laughs> changes, yes, you know. Uh, and also making sure we get exercise. Srila Prabhupada took his morning walk. And it said that um, we sometimes devotees ask what kind of exercise. And we can do all kinds of exercises. Um, I do this, uh, this regimen from um, the 1950s that uh, someone in, in the Canadian Mounted Police use. But anyway, um, I think it's Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says that for a sadhu, walking is exercise. He's commenting on the verse, uh, sixth chapter, verse 18, is it? 17. 17? Well, how does it begin? Yukta hara viharasya, yukta chastasya kamasu, yukta swapnava bodhasya, yoga bhavati dukkha. That one who is temperate, temperate in their habits of eating, sleeping, working, and recreation. And in there he says, recreation includes walking. And Prabhupada walked fast. Prabhupada walked fast. So we can do certain things on a practical level also. But but really, this is talking about on a spiritual level. Because you you can get really bummed out. Uh, You know, some of my, one thing that I do at work is I do some training, some presentations on um, retirement for people, right? Uh, and I present statistics. One of the things I do is I say, you should start planning your retirement five years before you're going to retire. Uh, and the idea is because there's a lot of depression that takes place after people retire. Right? Because they, you know, the work was their whole, you know, they spent at least 40, and these days 50, 60 hours a week at work, and it was really their identity. We talked about identity, their identity. And all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're, you're having your going away party on Friday and then Monday. Now what do I do, you know? Crossword puzzles? Nah, you know? Right? But for a devotee, they're thinking, oh, wow, <laughs> this is fantastic. I don't have to go to work anymore. I can be chanting Hare Krishna. I can be going to the Holy Dham. I can be, you know, out on Sankirtan. I can be doing so many things. My gosh, I could be at the temple, helping at the temple and cleaning the temple or doing deity worship. Yahoo! <laughs> right? And they have so much that they can fill their, their life with. Right? And something to look forward to in old age. So that's, uh, that's on, again, that's kind of a practical way of looking at things. But so many people are actually afraid of retirement. They really don't know what they're going to do with themselves. Not everyone. Some people. My sister-in-law retired at 55. Um, she's a lawyer. And she's doing all kinds of charity work and things and keeping herself busy. So we can just do great charity work. Did you have your hand up? Did someone have their hand up? No? Henry, when are you going to retire? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they avoid it. Yes. Mentally retired as well, yes. No direction in life, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people carry on. And that's what Krishna said, do your karma. 
Well, he says do your karma, but your karma changes at different times in your life. So if we're following Varnashram, there's different ashramas. So we don't just remain Grihastas our whole life. We at least should progress to Vanaprastha, where we retire. So Krishna says do your karma, but he doesn't, he doesn't mean you know, go to work your job until you're 83. Hopefully, and hopefully in this world you've built up enough pension or bank account or something like that. You can live, you don't, not that you can live luxuriously, but you can live simply. And then chant Hare Krishna, read the Bhagavatam, serve at the temple, and, you know, help conditioned souls. There's so many things that we can do in retirement. And we're mature then, so we can really uh, deepen our bhakti. Even Prabhupada did that, right? He he became he retired in the fifties, late fifties, and and look what he's done. In the Time magazine, they had that list of people: Jai Sri Sigurnitai, Sitaram Lakshman Hanuman, Shishi Radha Madan Mohan, um, of people who became successful after their fifty, and Prabhupada was listed there in Time magazine. Yeah, like that. So. Fifty was an old age, yeah. Because yeah. life expectancy was shorter, yeah. sixty. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What do, what do they say? Uh, uh, sixty is the new fifty, or forty-five, or whatever. <laughs> but you know, we wouldn't want to live forever. I mean, really think about it. We would like to live forever um, if we could stop aging at a certain point, right? Because that's what Krishna does. Krishna stopped, you know, Krishna, of course, he, he's eternal, but, you know, his, he doesn't go past like 25-ish, right? Something like that, that's that, right? But, like, can you imagine how wrinkled your skin would be at 150? Right? And, you know, and, you know, you wouldn't have a walker even, right? You could imagine what you would... Um, be like so we don't just really want I and mean, when we think about it death is actually a pretty good deal in one sense because you know one sense at the right time at least because of course we all have the idea what do we let's face it we all in the back of our minds are thinking okay the real thing is i'd like to live till about 90 no health issues at all until maybe a few days before i die and then in my sleep ram ram <laughs> right isn't that what everyone's kind of like Hoping for. I don't know how many people that happens to. Not very many. Of course, we wouldn't want to be asleep. We would want to be awake and have people chanting Hare Krishna to us. But, uh, but that's the, you know, but... What's that? Oh, I couldn't hear. So, how is time? Um, the time factor really is marching on, isn't it? <laughs>